Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Surface. I'm Brian Levinson. I created this podcast because I love finding out people's stories. I love sitting with them, talking with them, finding out about where they came from and where they want to go. And a lot of times in those stories come opportunities for us to learn about their mindset and how these people have developed their mindset specifically for performance. So today we are fortunate to go beyond the surface with Cam Lynch. Cam is playing in the NFL. Uh, He played his college ball at Syracuse and He'll talk about his high school football as well, where he had a pretty awesome experience growing up and playing in Atlanta, Georgia. But Cam has made it to the NFL uh, in some ways against a lot of odds. Uh, He was an undrafted free agent and found his way onto an NFL roster and is still battling to try to make it at a sport that he's certainly passionate about. And he's pretty clear on what he likes about the sport, but also what he wants to do beyond sport. So with this podcast called Beyond the Surface, I think Cam is a great ambassador of that notion and that idea that there's more to him than just a football and there's more to him than just the playing surface, that he's also a pretty dynamic guy who has other interests and other passions and other purposes for him on this planet. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation as Cam shares his journey and also sort of the uncertainty of not knowing what the future holds, which is a place where I think a lot of us are at in our life. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation as we go beyond the surface with Cam I encourage you to go beyond the surface with yourself as well. Cam, why don't you start? Tell me about your upbringing. Where are you from? What was family like? What was life like for you as a child? Well, uh, I'm from uh, California. Uh, California moved to moved to Atlanta when I was about 11. Um, so, you know, when I was younger, I was a, I was a chubby kid, man. Uh, a cute kid, but a chubby kid as well. So, uh, you know, that helped help push me into, you know, getting into getting fit. Um, when I was about, you know, in high school, but, uh, like I said, chubby kid, man, uh, grew up in California with my, my mom, and my dad, um, and, you know, in the Long Beach area, uh, still have family out, family out there. So, you know, last year being with the Rams, uh, it was, it, it was great because all my family was there. Uh, we spent a lot of time. Um, so yeah, we, like I said, moved to Atlanta when I was about 11, uh, started football when I was about. When I was about, let's say, middle school, because uh, you know in California there's, there's there's weight classes. So like I said, I was I was a chubby kid, so uh, I couldn't play until a little bit later. So when I moved to Atlanta, about about the age uh, 12 to 13, uh, I strapped some pads on um, and and got to it, man. So uh, like I said, a great childhood. Uh, can't complain. I thank thank my mom and dad for it. Why did you guys move from California to Atlanta? Uh, my my grandma lived out in in um, in Atlanta, so me and my mom picked up, man. Uh, you know, mom and dad separated when I was about four, so uh, me and my mom picked up and moved moved out to Atlanta. And it was it was a great idea, uh, great education out there, uh, you know, great football as well. As, you know, down south football is, is king, so uh, moved to a great school out there, Brookwood High School, the Brookwood District, uh, Gwinnett in the Gwinnett County area, and. Uh, and had and had a good had a good academic career, good athletic career there, and uh, and built some good roots as well. So was mom from Atlanta? Because she you said her mom was there. Is that where she was from originally? Uh, no, my grandma just had work out there, and you know we just like I said we just picked up picked up and moved uh, cheaper living as well. So you know I, I go back to California as often as I can to visit family, uh, friends, friends from elementary school. So uh, I still keep those connections uh, pretty strong. You said mom and dad split when you were four. Do you have any memories of that happening? Uh, how vivid is that for you, and uh, how did that impact you? Uh, not not that vivid. I mean, you know, I, I was four, so uh, you know, 
the memory the memory on that one is a little a little faded but uh you know like i said man the family family on both sides still shows shows major love uh despite that uh we, we all get together when we get a chance especially during the you know, football games in california or or big events uh we uh, we all we all stay pretty tight and um keep keep close contact and i would imagine so dad stayed in california when you moved to atlanta uh yeah well he stayed in california for a little while then moved to texas uh so he lives out there now and he's been living out there for a little while as well so i'll go visit him for the summers and whatnot got it and was moving to atlanta something you were excited about as an 11 year old you're living in la uh mom and dad are both in la or was that something that when you made that move, you were pretty frustrated and upset as an 11-year-old? Uh, I mean, you know, when I was – at first it was it was tough because, you know, friends, the family were there. But as time progressed, like, and I look back, I'm like, wow, that was a great idea, you know, because, like I said, for my mom, you know, living was cheaper. Uh, and the schools that I went to were great as well. So, uh, and, you know, I ended up going back to play teams in California. So that was nice. And now – you know, I go train out there and I go work out uh, in that California area. So, so yeah, I, I have no, I have no regrets, no regrets. Got it. And any siblings? Yes, I have a little sister. She is fifteen. Uh, and lives with my dad in Houston. Got it. And are you guys yeah. close? Yes, yeah, so we, we are close. Uh, she's playing soccer now, so uh, you know she she's getting up, she's getting up there. Uh, I'm getting up there. That's the case. And you have, <laughs> and you have two distinct cultures there, right? You have the the dirty South in Atlanta, and then you've got Los Angeles. Which one of those do you consider to be part of your identity? Uh, I would say a little bit of both, but man, you know, California is always home. You know that that's like those those are the roots. So California is always home, always will be. Uh, most of my family is out there. Uh, the only people, you know, the only people in Atlanta are are my very close friends, uh, and my mom, my grandma, and my you know one of my aunts. But other than that. Uh, California will always be home. Uh, I need to end up back there, end up retiring there, hopefully one of these days. So uh, that's that's the ultimate goal. And what other sports did you play besides football? Uh, so, you know, eighth grade I played baseball. Ba- I played basketball growing up as well, rec league. Uh, and then, you know, come college I, I started uh, doing track. So I, I ran, ran track, just, you know, stay in shape and uh, threw the discus and did the shot put as well. So you were always athletic, uh, but you said I was a chubby kid. Um, when did yeah. you, when did you change from a chubby kid to uh, a more fit kid, and and what was yeah. high school like for you? What were you like socially? Uh, what was that experience like for you? Uh, my transition, I think, I would say going into high school. You know, you teenager, your hormones hit, so you know you shift the baby fat, uh, slimmed down really well, and then uh, built muscle, man. And uh, so I just, I just, you know, I use that as a motivation, like man, like you know. Being chubby, like you know, the girls like, man, you cute, but you chubby though. So you know, <laughs> I was like, nah, I can't have that. So you know, did, did a whole bunch. Of, me and my cousins did a whole bunch of sit-ups, push-ups, ran a lot, worked out uh, with my trainers, and I, I worked myself really hard. And that, you know, that helped, you know, push my strength and speed and a desire to just be you know, physically fit and and, uh, and whatnot. And what walk me through what mom and dad are like from a personality standpoint? And are you more like mom or more like dad? Uh, more, more like my, more like my dad personality wise, uh, looks more like my mom, you know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, personality wise, more like my dad, uh, he's really, really outgoing, um, social butterfly and my mom called him mayor, uh, uh, one of the mayors, you know, I like to network and I like to, uh, talk to people and get my message out. Um, and, uh, and that, that's a big thing to me. Just, you know, friends, friends are big, big to me and, and, and the right ones as well. So, 
uh, and always being good to people. So, uh, and I get that a lot from my mom as well. My mom, you know, is a very nice lady. Um, so she, you know, she always taught me to be good to people, no matter who you meet, because um, you should never know uh, when when that'll come around full circle and and when you'll see them again. You said get your message out. What would that message be? Um, I would just say, I would just say, man, uh, you know, as I always had lived under, under the underdog uh, mentality, uh, always the lowest man on the totem pole, you know, because of the you know because of the height, you know, comes to football and and certain things like that. So. Um, just to just to work hard, man, and just prove prove a lot of people wrong. It's based off your your hard work and your mentality. You know, it's uh, and, and also your faith, man. That, that's a big thing with me too. As well. I'm, I'm religious as well. Um, so you know, I, I pray pray often. Uh, keep faith as my foundation. Uh, work hard, man, and uh, and just and keep grinding to what I what I want to get to. Can you walk me through that that word faith? Because that's a it's a massive word. And you said keep faith is is the foundation. What does that mean to you? Like Walk me through why that is so powerful for you and impactful for you. I feel like it's like you know sometimes people you know so you won't get lost, man. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a thing if you ever uh, you know waver if you ever thinking things unsure about something, man. You know, just you just pray, talk to God, or you know whatever whatever religion that you that you you know announce yourself to be, you know. Um, just you know have have something have something to guide you. Have people to talk to it uh, talk you know about that faith with. Uh, too, just to just to keep you keep you sane, man. Because um, you know a lot of things will pull you different in, in different directions. So uh, I feel like your faith will, will keep you direct, uh, and and will keep you grounded as well. So I use my faith to keep me grounded. Um, uh, I like to read. I like to read about you know different things, and I like to read the Bible and look at different verses, and uh, and use that, like I said, to just to keep me keep me sane and uh, uh, and keep me in a, on, a, on, a, on the straight and narrow. Yeah, the word faith is like one of the most powerful words I think we have in our dictionary. And uh, certainly religion is, is one avenue you can go down and, and we use it in religion. But I have known so many people that are people of faith that might not be religious, but they might have faith in uh, their community or faith in their family or faith in a relationship. And, right. you know, I mean, if you go toward religion, that's, that's great. Uh, if you don't, that's okay. Um, for me, at least that word is still, uh, impactful. And I've seen people that are, you know, religious and, and non-religious that still are people of faith. And I think, I think it's just a word that when we have that to your point, it creates clarity around what are we trying to do? How are we trying to do it? And there's a lot of cynicism and a lot of skepticism in our, in our world. And I think faith can overcome that. Um, in a lot of ways. And, and when we have faith, a lot of times we have clarity. And when we have clarity, we're able to perform and we're able to uh, be at our best. So I think that's a good word and a strong word to go towards. So I'm glad you brought that up uh, as your message. Uh, yeah. You mentioned being an underdog. Uh, so you're a chubby kid going into high school. Uh, are you a, a good high school football player? What's the high school football experience like for you? Oh, yeah. High school High school is awesome, man. Uh you know, our, our team was was built since, like I said, eighth eighth grade. Man, uh, kids kids in the same lived in the same area. Uh, we played on the same rec league team going up, so we we always won growing up. So sixth, seventh, eighth grade, we always were. Uh, we won in our district. We were like champs in our district. So uh, you know, freshman year, we won. We won most of our games. Not uh, sophomore year, we won most of our games. And then you know, come junior year, we went to the playoffs. Uh, it got beat, I think, in the second round. But then uh, my senior year, we won the state championship. So, uh, and that was special, man. You know, no matter what, 
you know, go back to my high school, you see that like state change 2010. Uh, and that, that just means a lot. Um, and, and we built that basically, like I said, basically off of, uh, our chemistry since eighth, the eighth grade, uh, we were, we were a group of underdogs. Um, and none of us, none of us went to big, big schools. And I went to Syracuse. Uh, my, uh, my other uh, teammate, Andre Sims, one of my best friends, he went to Michigan State. Uh, and other, other guys went different places, but uh, nobody went anywhere any big. Nobody was super, super talented. We just, we just worked hard. We, we bought in, and we just had great, great chemistry. And uh, we loved each other as, as friends and as teammates. So uh, that helped a lot. But, but the underdog word, are you, you're playing as a freshman? Uh, no, actually, I didn't play uh, varsity until I was a, until I was a junior. So you really you were playing JV freshman and sophomore year. Fresh, uh, yeah, freshman year I played freshman ball, and JV year I played JV ball. Got so. it. So you didn't play JV ball freshman year either. It's freshman, freshman, sophomore, JV, junior. You were only playing yeah. when it was time. When it was like when I was supposed to. Yeah, pretty exactly. Because uh, you know a lot of guys, a lot of guys too. We had we had a lot of talent, man, uh, in my in my area. Uh, a guy named, you know, I looked up to him, Rennie Kern. He played at UGA, was in the league for a few years as well. Uh, he, he was big time. Um, we had another guy, uh, Kenny Miles, went to South Carolina, played running back. Uh, and we just had a lots and lots of talent, a lot of talent, a lot of talent uh, generated out of that Gwinnett area. Uh, Robert Kimdichie, uh, who plays for the Cardinals, he went to the rival high school in Grayson. Uh, so we, we just had a lot of people that uh, came out of that area and uh, a lot of talent. So, you know, it was the type of thing where you just wait your turn and you, uh, and you build as a person and you mature. Uh, and, and it wasn't like that, you know, you're a freshman and you play on varsity. And, and some guys did, you know, if you're really talented, really fast and could jump high, you know, you did that. But, uh, you know, I, I did, you know, I played, like I said, played, yeah, played freshman year, uh, and then JV year, played JV, sophomore played JV, and then junior and uh, senior started on, on varsity. And what position were you playing in high school? Uh, high school, I was playing linebacker, uh, played some fullback as well, uh, you know, just in practice and, you know, just in case for, it's for a backup. So, uh, senior year, I had one snap, one, one snap and I, it was nice. I scored, uh, on a little wheel route my senior year. So that, that was pretty cool. But other than that, uh, uh, just, <laughs> just played linebacker. So. And you mentioned earlier that you're outgoing and sort of like your dad in that way. Have you always been like that or is that something you developed into? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've always been like that, man. Just a uh, big personality, um, always try you know always stay respectful to people you know growing up in the south it's yes ma'am no ma'am yes sir no sir so uh that was a big thing for me uh growing up and uh just you know uh, always talk you know talking to people trying to say the right things and um uh always trying to be positive to people so um can you, and, can you like I said, get that from my dad can you add some color to that because you seem like a curious guy you see like somebody you mentioned earlier like reading the bible constantly trying to learn um, how do you mix the sort of yes, sir approach with also being curious? How do you blend those two together? Um, I see what you're saying is, you know, somebody, you know, gives you an instruction, uh, you know, you, you say, yes, sir. Uh, I mean, you, you ask your questions that you need to at the right times, I feel like, uh, and, you know, like I said, when you, when your dad, your father or mom tells you something and, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. And yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Uh, but then also you ask your questions in a different way, man. Uh, it's all, all about delivery as well. Uh, you know, don't come off disrespectful at all. Um, you know, and, and just treat people right. You know, if somebody wrongs you, uh, you, you can agree or, or disagree, but it's just how you do it. So, um, uh, I think it's all about delivery. Uh, just, just be smart in how you use your words. So, so character is something that, that really matters to you. It sounds like you, you, you talked about your mom being 
like doing the right thing and doing good things. And maybe she instilled that in you and you've sort of blended that idea with also your dad's charisma and your dad's ability to connect with people. Uh, so would that be the blend? If I were to say who you are, you took the, the ability to connect with people from your dad and the idea of making good decisions and living life uh, with faith and character uh, from your mom. Yes. Yes. I, I would, I would agree, man. Um, that that's exactly how I would put it. Um, you know, that's exactly, that's exactly how I put it, man. Uh, mom was just like big on doing the right thing. And dad was uh, big on personality and networking and, uh, and using your options. So uh, that's the, I, I would say, I would say that you hit that right on the head. So take us to, so take us to junior year of high school. You're now playing varsity on a good football team. Uh, junior year is usually where a lot of recruiting starts to happen. Uh, walk us through the process, the recruiting process, uh, as it pertained to college. Okay, so uh, I was, you know, get, I had a few, only a few offers. I had an offer from, uh, first one was from Akron, uh, from the Zips. Uh, went up there to visit, which was pretty pretty awesome. I'll never forget, you know, the opportunity that they'd given me. Um, and then uh, after that, you know, Cornell and Harvard, a few Ivy League schools, you know, expressed interest based off of school and whatnot. Uh, and then uh, Syracuse offered me uh, my junior year as well. I, I, I won't forget that. It was after like a track meet or something like that. I got an offer in the mail from, from Syracuse. Uh, and, you know, in high school, we, me and my mom, we sent – we did the old school, man. We cr- I created my own highlight tape, music, uh, and whatnot off the computer, and, and sent it all out to, to different schools. So we worked hard on doing that. Um, so that, that was big for us. But I uh, did that in high school. So, yeah, I got my first scholarship uh, my, my junior year. Uh, during the spring, and then um, uh, and then also I uh, went to a uh, I got and had interest from Vanderbilt as well. So I went up to a camp uh, my senior, um, I'll say, like I said, the spring of my junior year, and uh, and earned a scholarship there uh, at Bandy. Um, but I ended up committing to Syracuse before my senior 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 season in college. I mean, high school. Where does the academics come from? Is that mom, you know, putting her foot down and saying academics come first? Uh, because oh, yeah. you just you just threw out Ivy Leagues and Vanderbilt and you know some, yeah. some we'll get to Syracuse in a second but uh, no offense to to our degrees um, yeah. but it's not an Ivy League and and I wouldn't even say it's Vanderbilt so uh, where did the academics come from and the desire to do well in school uh, I would say that's you know both mom and dad man it was just it just uh, a must a must do. You know, football or not, man, uh, education is, is extremely important. So you're going to get that regardless. So um, uh, very, mom, my mom kept me, you know, kept me very disciplined, man. Uh, not too much partying for me. Um, just, you know, when I worked out on the weekends, get make sure my homework was done on Sundays. And she is still like a very good state regimen for me. So when I got to college, it was it was like cake. So, um, you know, it took a took a few took a few AP classes in, in high school, uh, AP physics, AP calc. Um, AP Econ, so uh, you know, like I said, man, I, the, our, the school that I went to was a 5A school, big school. Uh, you know, the, the goals were set pretty high for everybody when it came to academic achievements or or sports, man. Um, and we just, it was kind of, I would say, I would say, kind of like a powerhouse, man. When I when I went there, so uh, everybody set their set the standards pretty high, and uh, my mom did as well, and uh, and my dad did as well. They didn't really accept anything less. So, um, what did mom What did mom and dad do for a living? Uh, my dad, he, uh, he works for the government, uh, he's a postal inspector as well. And my mom, uh, they, my mom and grandma, they own their own company. So, uh, uh, they, you know, they just blue collar, blue collar work pretty, work pretty hard for everything that they got. Um, and, uh, and they still instill those same things for, uh, into me. Mom, mom is a little more entrepreneurial though. 
Yeah, a little more entrepreneurial, uh, you know, in the medical field as well. Uh, she was a, uh, yeah, so in the, in the in the medical field. So um, her and my grandma, they own their own business in, uh, in Atlanta, so. But both, both parents pretty driven um, to make a good living for themselves and, and, and for their kids. Right, exactly. Uh, is you know, work hard, work hard, man, and, and don't look back while doing it. So, Got uh, it. yeah. So, so, they, so as you're starting to get looks from a place like Harvard, what are mom and dad saying to you? Are they saying, hey, you may want to give this a little more of a look? Or like, are they sort of letting you go through the process? Oh, yeah, yeah. We went up to visit uh, Harvard, and, uh, and it was a beautiful campus. Uh, great opportunity to go talk to coaches there from there and Cornell. Uh, we hit Cornell uh, after Syracuse. We went to Syracuse and went to Cornell. Uh, but, you know, great campus. Uh, it just, you know, just wasn't the right fit for me. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know a couple guys from Harvard now, and uh, great guys. Uh, you know, same agency that, that we're under on my team. we got some guys from Harvard. So uh, great guys there. Um, and uh, Cornell, I haven't met any guys uh, from Cornell yet in, in the NFL, but uh, it would have been a great opportunity, like I said, uh, to go to those schools um, and get that education in. But, you know, I wanted a balance. I wanted a balance of school. I wanted a balance of uh, education uh, and, and some football, so in sports. So, uh, and the Syracuse, uh, the Syracuse alumni base is huge, man. Uh, you know, you and I ourselves, uh, the people out there in the world. Uh, and Harvard would have been would have been really really cool to go to, but um, the balance, like I said, with when I said when it comes to school and, and football, uh, Syracuse is what I needed. At that point, is there any dreams of playing in the NFL? Uh yeah, for sure. Um, you know that's that's every kid's dream, man. You snatch a strap on a helmet uh, since middle school. It's like, man, I want to play NFL. I want to play in the NFL. So, uh, but you know, education was was uh, was was always the front runner. I, Went to Syracuse as a mechanical engineer. Um, ended up tra- ended up transferring after about a year or two to economics. And I um, so, and then you know sooner or later I want to be you know become a broadcast journalist. Uh, go to grad school for that after I finish my football. So uh, you know people you know people's visions change, but uh, education was always number one, and um, it still will be you know now and after football is over. But it sounds like Syracuse is providing you an opportunity to play big time football that maybe an Ivy League couldn't. Um, while still getting a good education and and you know having having a good degree is that sort of the the nice blend like like I've talked to I'll give you an example so I've talked to Malcolm Brogdon before uh, who who Malcolm's from Atlanta actually um, so I don't know if you and him have ever crossed paths but you know he he's from Atlanta and he uh, he um, he was getting looked from Harvard and uh, you know a lot of the Ivy Leagues and. His family is loaded with like lawyers, and they're all like, if if Harvard offers, you go to Harvard. Um, right, right. But one of the reasons he went to UVA was because he's like, I wanted to play big time basketball and get a great education. And UVA, right. even though they're the wrong kind of orange for you and me, uh, ah, yeah. they they certainly provided that. So it's 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 an interesting uh, push pull, and and it sounds like you're a real dummy going from engineering and slacking off and going to econ. I mean, I think I, you took you took some some cake classes uh, at Syracuse. Right. Um, yeah. No. No. That. That. No. No. Drop off from that, man. Uh, <laughs> economics was economics pretty hard, I, and that, and it was very transferable too. You know, from engineering to economics, I I finished in three and a half, and you know, a lot of the curriculum from engineering, man, if it's a math based major, you can you know you can slide right in because of all those courses that you take. So, uh, uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was it was a smooth transition, but it was still tough, man. Still tough. Yeah, I mean, both are both are, I would imagine, hard majors. And then uh, you have a desire to be a broadcaster. So did you did you get any um, interaction with Newhouse while you were at Syracuse? Because like when I went to Syracuse, 
part of me, I thought I wanted to be a sports broadcaster because when I was a kid, I would always play video games and I would be playing like NHL or Madden and I would be announcing and my friends would get so annoyed with me that after one or two games, they'd walk away. But, um, so I thought I wanted to be a sports broadcaster and, um, that was one of the draws for me being at Syracuse. Um, but did you dabble at all in that while you were at Syracuse or were you pretty much football and, uh, econ and that was, that was the focus for you? Um, so yeah, I, uh, I had actually, you know, applied to grad school, uh, my senior year, I took the GRE. My senior year, uh, after the season, you know, get preparing for you know pro day and whatnot, and I uh, took that and got accepted to the grad program there at uh, Syracuse. So that was that was big for me, man. I don't forget I was in Jamaica with my uh, my friend on vacation. I got the letter, you know, in the in the mail or the email saying that I've been accepted. And it was uh, a lot of joy for me because it's because like, hey, if football doesn't didn't work out, um, you know, I have an option to fall back on. So. Uh, you know, one of my goals is to, you know, the NFL provides a, or the union provides a, 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 a fund to where you can you can go to school and get that paid for. So uh, that's one of my goals, man, is to get enough funding and, you know, get that fully paid for, man. And, uh, you know, if you get like above a C, a C, you can get it all paid for, all your money reimbursed. So that's one of my next goals, man, is just to, uh, you know, get, you know, get those years, get these years in and enjoy my time here, but also work towards that graduate degree. Uh, as soon as I, as soon as I finish or as soon as, you know, I have time uh, available. So, um, that's, that's one of my next goals, man, is get that graduate school, uh, you know, knocked down and, uh, and start my, start my career as well. Uh, you know, so I'm networking now and doing things outside of the box that help that. So my transition is smooth. Um, and, you know, I had a, uh, I did a little, a little, little uh, broadcast stuff, you know, in college. It was fun. Uh, things called Cam's Camp where I would, you know, interview my teammates and uh, go, go more in depth into the, the athlete uh, under the helmet. So I did stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I take, you know, I take these, broad, you know, broadcast interviews opportunities ser- uh, seriously because, you know, something that I'm interested in, I, you know, I like to study, uh, you know, broadcast. I like to look back, uh, look back at my, you know, at my, at my tapes and, and see like, you know, okay, where, where, where can I work here? What can I do better? And, uh, so that, like I said, it was one of a, one of a, one of a passion of mine, uh, and it's something I'm working towards. I want to find out more about your time at Syracuse, but before I do that, I think a lot of times people are critical of athletes who are not just singularly focused on, on their sport. And I always, I, I always think it's kind of ridiculous because, um, you, every time you get in front of a camera, you're performing like right now you're doing a performance. And right. you are working your performance mind. And mm-hmm. uh, you have to make yourself vulnerable. You have to be adaptable. You have to be confident. Uh, you have to be instinctive. And those are all traits that you need on Sundays. And um, I, think, I think people that are outside of sport don't understand. Like, if you want to do some acting or do a commercial or, uh, like, for example, I'm in Washington, D.C. And when Robert Griffin III was the guy... There was all this controversy. Oh, he's on too many commercials and doing all this. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, first of all, your sport in particular, you can't play 24-7 or else you're not going to be able to play on Sunday. So you have to rest the body. And then secondly, how are we preparing the mind to perform? And your ability to prepare your mind to perform is massively important. So so I just think that's that's just sort of a bookmark and and an idea. And I just want to rubber stamp that concept because I think it's really relevant. But the other thing I'm really curious about is, so you have a clear, distinct vision of where you want to go in this world and where you want to go in this life. And you have these options that you're creating for yourself so that when you do retire, whether that's at 
25, 35, 45, whatever it is, we'll see, um, that you have options. But you're in a locker room with guys who don't do that. And, uh, you know, you are in a locker room with guys who are just football players and only been football players, and that's all they know. Yeah. How, do you, how do you look at that and how do you um, interpret that and digest that idea of, I need to be where my feet are, I need to be in this locker room, but I still have this vision for the future. And the second part of that question is when you see guys that don't do that, what is your response to that? Um, I feel like it's, you know, it's a, it's a simple task and multi, you know, just multitasking really, uh, and priorities and time, you know, is what you use with your time is, you know, if you want to go hang out with friends and, you know, cause like, you know, now let's say we're, we're in OTAs now. So, uh, right now, you know, right now it's just spent for, you know, being in the house, uh, studying my playbook, uh, you know, preparing my body, you know, stretching and doing certain things like that. But, you know, off season before this, I was in California. I, you know, met with certain people. Uh, I made different calls. Um, um, even times like right now, right? Like uh, I'm talking to you as well. And this is, this is also something I can put on my, I put on my resume. Uh, and it is a simple phone call. Um, you know, a buddy of mine uh, wanted me to go, go to Florida. I mean, go to Miami to, to talk to somebody. I was like, you know, to do the similar thing, do a, do a, you know, um, a broadcast uh, on, on camera, and I was like, "Hey, man, like, uh, it's a good idea. I appreciate the opportunity, but I have to focus. You know, I have to be here in uh, in, uh, in Tampa, and you know, Miami's not that far of a trip. But uh, you know, I was like, I, I need to stay here and focus. I need to, you know, make sure my body's right, make sure I'm well rested, make sure I'm in my playbook. Uh, and you can, you know, it's a you can, it's a balance. You can have fun, but uh, it's a certain time for everything. So I think it's just whatever how you prioritize your time." Um, and what you do with it. So, like I said, now, man, I'm just, you know, pretty much just playbook, uh, make sure I'm resting off my feet. Uh, cause it's like, it's, it's a long, it's a long season, man. So you just want to make sure your body and your mind are sharp. Uh, and then that's what I'm doing now. Uh, and like I said, the off season time where, you know, I don't have to be at the building, uh, the next day or early in the morning. Uh, that's when I, I make my moves, man. You go, you, you, you hang out with family. Uh, you, you know, you party, do what you do. Um, and you meet the people that you want to meet. Um, but, and just prioritizing, prioritizing your time, and uh, and hopefully you know guys on my team are doing that and setting themselves up for after football because you know it doesn't last forever. So uh, you know I want to take full advantage of it now, uh, but also take advantage of you know the platform that I'm given and the time after uh, that I hope for myself. Yeah, you're talking about being efficient, right? Let's be efficient mm -hmm. with our with our time and also our energy. So mm -hmm. you know I know I need my energy for football, and if I go down to Miami, maybe it's going to zap my energy. Uh, right. and, and I can't be fully focused and energy and focus go hand in hand When we have mm -hmm. energy. We're able to focus. That's why when we don't eat, we lack focus because we lack energy. So they work collaboratively. And, and by the way, that's why our body and mind are connected because if our body's tired, our mind's going to be tired. If our mind's tired, our body's not going to function. So it's mm -hmm. all connected. Um, yeah. and so, so that's interesting to me. The other interesting thing to me is like, we've got college football players who will never reach the level that you've reached. Um, but they might be at a university like a Syracuse. Let's just use them as an example. And there might be an amazing opportunity for them to network and meet with boosters and meet with alumni and meet with people and leverage the fact that they're a Division One football player and create opportunities for themselves. And it sounds like you did that while you were at Syracuse. Uh, and it's probably one of the reasons that we're talking right now. And so, um, you know, I think it's a good message for guys who are D1 college football players because – you don't know what's going what to what's going to unfold for the rest of your career, but you want to leverage anything and any anyone. Um, and I don't want to say leverage. Leverage is maybe too strong of a word. But you want to develop relationships with people because this world is all about action. And if you don't take action, 
someone else will. And, yeah. um, you know, so, uh, there, it's so much easier to just say no, or I can, or this, that, but if you're efficient with your energy, then you're going to make the time. And everyone wants to talk about time management, but it's really about energy management because if I manage my energy, then I'm going to make sure that when I'm doing what I need to do, um, you know, I'll be okay. I read Tom sure. Coughlin's book, uh, who has a, some Syracuse background in him. And, and he talks about, you know, Monday through Saturday is your job. Um, you know, that's, that's when we get paid. Um, that's, that's a football player. They have to do the work Monday through Saturday, but Sunday it's free. Sunday is where we get to, you know, just enjoy what we do. And so right. what are you doing Monday through Saturday to, uh, impact your, your ability to play football and help grow your life? I think right. people outside of football can also relate to that because we have weekends, but you know, what are we doing Monday through Friday to allow ourselves to enjoy Saturday and Sunday? Or for right. some people that are, have to work on a Saturday, how do we also work on a Saturday so we can enjoy our Sunday? Whatever it might be, but that push-pull is a, is a really interesting thing to me. Um, mm -hmm. I want to go back to college, though. As I said, I want to find out about your experience at Syracuse. So you, you sort of uh, casually glided in that you also ran track, shot put, discus. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember when I was a sophomore at Syracuse, mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, I'm five foot six, and at the time was pretty scrawny, skinny kid. Uh, and uh, I come back after my freshman year, and I go to Del Plain, which is where my dorm was. Yeah. And I get on my floor, and I'm like the first one there. I'm a sophomore now. I think I'm like the big man on campus. And yeah. these two massive kids walk in the door. And I'm yeah. like, who are these kids? The one kid's like 6'5", 300. The other kid's probably 6'1", 240, 240. Right. And it was the shot put guy and the discus guy. And yeah. the shot put guy had a full ride to play football at Ohio State, but he was an Ohio guy and had just been burned out from football. So he just got a full ride to do shot put at Syracuse. Oh, nice. But here I am standing there and I'm like, oh, man, I thought I'm a big man on campus. And these two dudes are like making me feel like the smallest guy on the planet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. Uh, you said I think you started doing some of it in high school. Um, mm -hmm. But tell me about the differences between – uh, track and field and football and uh, how were you at track and field and uh, walk me through the differences in mentality between track and field and football. Um, it, it's, it, I feel like, you know, at the end of it, it's a sport, man. You know, you're competing, you know, that's, that's why you do it. You do it to compete, you do it to get better, uh, you know, to learn different techniques, to move your body in different, different ways. Uh, you know, I feel like a lot of football players did multiple sports, you know, uh, a lot of the great ones, a lot of the great ones, uh, you know, got drafted for the MLB as well as football. You know what I mean? So there's different there's different athletes that uh, can transfer to different sports. Uh, you know, LeBron James played football in, in high school and went to any college that he wanted to playing tight end, you know. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of people who do different things to help transition. transition. A lot of guys play basketball. So, you know, I did track and I, I, was, I was okay in, uh, in, at discus, uh, threw okay. Uh, you know, our track team, like I said, our, our school, man, was uh, – was pretty good, so we 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 won state and track. Um, uh, I didn't I didn't go to the state meet, but uh, and I uh, so but I ended up going. So we ended up going to Oregon, uh, and we did we got second in Oregon against the kids in the nation. Um, you know, I ended up, I got a chance to throw discus there. I ended up scratching, but you know, it wasn't you know well, it wasn't the best, but uh, I competed, man, and that's that's what it was all about. Uh, and a lot of guys on my on my team, we you know we went to Florida, went to the Florida relays and competed with guys there. Uh, so. You know, it was all about competition and, and growing as, as people and as friends and experiencing different things. Um, 
So uh, I would say the comp- the level of competition and wanting to compete is uh, it was something that you know moving to track in the off season was uh, was a, was a, was a priority of mine. So did you do it for all four years, or I know you said you graduated in three and a half, but I'm assuming you were at Syracuse for sports for for four years. Uh, so oh you, yeah, you did the you did the uh, the discus uh, for for four years. Oh yeah, was that that was sorry that wasn't at Syracuse. I was in high school. Okay. So yeah, t- yeah, sorry for misunderstanding. So yeah, that, that was in high school. So take me to, to uh, college where you did – did you do track in college, track and field in college or no? Oh, no, no track in college. No track in <laughs> college. Strictly football. Sorry about that. Uh, got yeah, it. So, so when you got to Syracuse, now they're shutting you down and saying, no, you're, you're, you're with us. You're not going to get to use this to stay in shape and, and work on your competitiveness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, not a lot of guys played multiple sports in, at uh, Syracuse actually. Um, and that, that was the thing. I know some, you know, some schools or some guys in Oregon, you know, they go, they run track and they, they play football, uh, play football or some guys play basketball and, and baseball. I know Jameis uh, on my team now, he played baseball and, and football. Um, but yeah, no, sorry for that misunderstanding. But yeah, that, that was in high school. But um, in college, no, yeah, strictly, strictly football. Uh, there was some, you know, I think about too, is like college is so much going on, right? Like, you know, your mom's not there anymore. Your dad's not there, you know, to help, you know, help you, help push you along. So um, you know, after football season, it, it was more of like, okay, let me relax, man. Let me get these this education uh, going, and because uh, you know that that I feel like that was like my you know my one of my like I said my main priority was education. So uh, and college education was was it was important and it helped prepare you propel you in life after football. So sure. uh, that was that was my other job. There was I don't feel like you know I wouldn't have any time for another sport because. You know, I had to make sure my grades were on point, you know, with engineering and economics. So uh, that, I would say that was my other sport. <laughs> sure. You, you hit on something that's really interesting for football players. So 88, 88% of guys who were drafted in the 2016 draft played multiple sports in high school. Right. Um, like that's just an, an unbelievable stat. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was looking in my office because I had it up on a board. I'm like, what was that stat? And so I was looking around and, you know, I looked it up at 88%. 88%. Uh, and it's interesting in football, that's definitely the case because basketball, soccer, baseball, a lot of those guys are now just, you know, specializing, especially in high school. And they're, right. I think we're going towards more specialization. But as you said, a lot of the great athletes played football. Um, and yeah. uh, a lot of the great football players played multiple sports. Um, right. So it's just an interesting dynamic. Take us to Syracuse. What was football like for you? Um, and what was that experience like playing in the Dome and uh, playing at that level? And what was the college football experience like for you? Uh, it was awesome, man. Uh, you know, fresh, my freshman and sophomore year, uh, freshman year was, was kind of tough. You know, for, uh, my first year with Doug Marone, and we, uh, we didn't win that many games, but uh, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a good eye-opener, man, because uh, he, you know, he ran a professional, a professional team, I would say, you know, professional pro punt, uh, pro-style offense, uh, pro, you know, and then the coordinator ran on defense, ran a, you know, ran a, he had a good defense as well. So uh, my sophomore year, my junior year, we won, though we went to the uh, pinstripe bowl, which was cool. Played at the Yankee stadium, which was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, still have my rings. Uh, my junior year, we played in the Texas bowl. We played the Reliance stadium. Uh, my senior year, we didn't, we didn't do too well, um, but uh, we played in the ACC. So we got to see, you know, guys that, you know, we're getting drafted or, or playing in at the next level. So uh, we played some good football, man. And uh, like I said, playing the dome was was awesome. Uh, every time I talk to somebody, it's like, man, like that that, that stadium was so loud, it was so hot. You know what I mean? And uh, we just got accustomed to that. You know, as we practice in the, the stadium, and uh, we got accustomed to the fans. And 
and uh, we've had a good turnout, man. A lot of guys that uh, a lot of good guys came from that, you know, our program. Uh, Chandler Jones, uh, Justin Pugh, uh, Ryan Nassib, uh, Shamarco Thomas. Uh, you know, a lot of guys uh, had a chance to propel and go to the next level uh, from our organization. So it was a good time uh, while I was there. Best time of my life. So. You guys, you guys had a coaching change though while you were there, or was were you? Yeah. So, what was that like for you, uh, changing coaches and shifting gears a little bit, maybe uh, during your college career? Uh, it, it was okay. Uh, you know, Doug Marone was there for my first two years, and then uh, Scott Schaefer was the head coach the last two years. Uh, and Scott Schaefer was the D coordinator uh, in Doug Marone's uh, camp, so it wasn't too much of a, of a change. Um, I did have three different linebacker coaches. Um, I ended up with uh, with Coach Clark Lee, uh, who's now with Notre Dame. Um, he was at he, he was a Vanderbilt Vanderbilt graduate. Uh, was at the BC Lions uh, prior to us, UCLA, UCLA the BC Lions, uh, not the BC Lions, uh, Bowling Green, I'm sorry, um, and uh, ended up at Syracuse for two years. So, uh, you know, one of the, one of my my favorite coaches uh, coming out, man, and uh, he, he instilled more than football in us uh, as linebackers and as a group. Um, so, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of success that I see now, I, I owe to him because of what he, you know, the hard work he put in us and the uh, our work ethic and, and, and so forth. So, uh, that it was a, it ended up very well, uh, and uh, and I can't complain. I thank those coaches for for the opportunity that they've given me. You mentioned earlier, like right now, you're getting ready to prepare mentally, physically, uh, you know, for OTAs. Do you have any mental skills that you use, or what do you do mentally to get yourself ready to perform? Um, maybe walk us through your game day routine. Like, how do you mentally get yourself ready for a game? Uh, what I say, mentally ready for a game. Hmm. Uh, okay, so I, I think it starts. I mean, of course, it starts at the beginning of the week. You know, uh, I try to I, for you know the first through training camp and preseason games. You know, I figure out you know my, my swagger, how I want to move about a game day, a game week. Uh, even though it's a little bit different than the preseason, but you know, I figure out what I want to do before the game. So I'll you know in the hotel. Uh, uh, I'll just chill, man. Uh, see, it's nice to see family that day before the game, but I'll just chill in the hotel. Um, uh, those times, you know, uh, maybe go out and get some food if I'm with family or, or, or uh, so call it. Uh, and then on the game day, uh, you know, shoot is just, you know, headphones in, uh, put your suit on, headphones in to the, to the stadium, uh, you know, get to the stadium. Uh, I always try to get in the hot bath and that's, that's a big thing for me. You know, get my body warmed up, hot bath and shower, uh, and I listen. Uh, I listen to ET Eric Thomas. So that's uh, that's always a go-to before every game. Uh, Eric Thomas uh, got gets me through a lot of things. So uh, you get your certain playlist going on. Whatever you're, whatever you're feeling, man, uh, and whatever will work will work. So like if uh, something works for me week one, and like my like, man, like I play really well this week, I try to repeat that same thing. So uh, you know, uh, sometimes I like to eat ice cream the night before. You know, it's just because like you know the whole week is like all right, I've been working, 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 and I want to you know enjoy myself and relax my relax myself before the game. So I'll get ice cream before the game, uh, and if I play well, I'm like I'll get ice cream before every game. You know, um, oh that, that Saturday night, um, and then you know the next day, the next morning, I'll get a smoothie. If a smoothie works, I'll do the smoothie uh, with honey. So it's like it's like little 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 things that that go into it um, that you like and that you find, but. Uh, uh, they're just little things, but, um, you know, or if, I, if there's a certain dance that I do, you know, during warm up or I f- high five a certain people, you know, for the game or do different things. Uh, it's just um, little nuances and whatever you find that works for you as an athlete, you kind of stick with. So 
uh, you know, I, it changes from game to game. And I couldn't give you a direct, you know, like this is what exactly what I do because, like, like I said, it changes. And as you grow as an athlete, you mean like you're like, man, I didn't really need to do all that, you know, because you find out something works. So, you know, sometimes I'll I wouldn't FaceTime, I wouldn't call people on the phone the day before the game, and then you know, this past year I would call people on the phone during the game before the game. So it's like, you know, it, it, whatever works for you works, and whatever you you know you use whatever works for you, uh, you stick with it. You're a thoughtful guy. You are a uh, intelligent guy. Do you think your mind ever gets in the way of you being at your best? Uh, for sure. Um, when you think too much, I feel like it, it does. Uh, so you have to make sure your mind's in the right mental state whenever you enter anything. Whenever you about to, when you whenever you're about to go in a you know to battle or to war, you want to get your mind in that that state in that phase in that groove. Uh, you know. Um, you know, I heard uh, Kobe Bryant um, talk about the muse, and uh, he was like, "Man, like, you know, when I scored 80 points, I was in the muse, or I was in this this certain mindset. Man, like, when I when I hit the shot, I wouldn't I wouldn't celebrate. I'll get back on defense, you know. And uh, whenever you go to celebrate, he's like, you you know, you get out of your you get out of your zone. So you try to find that zone, uh, and you try to stick with it every every all 16 games, and you go to the playoffs or for the rest of the playoff uh, stint. So. Um, and I just I try to do the same thing for preseason. You do the same thing even for practice. Uh, you have to get in that right mindset, man. You have to you have to get your mind right. It's uh, and that's that's a big thing in the league. I realize it's not you know who's who's the fastest, you know who's the strongest. It's who who's ever mentally prepared at that moment for you know x amount of days. Uh, whoever can get it done. So. Um, that that's a big thing, man. Just get your mind right in the in the right state to uh, you know perform your job. So I'm going to riff a little bit now because now we're talking about my world. So um, first of all, I think mentality breaks down into two components. One is mindset. Uh, mindset is the way that we think, right? A, a way of thinking that we've set up and organized. Uh, a, you know, I had somebody else on my show, on my podcast, who's in my space. She said this really nicely. She said it's a patterned way of thinking. And so mindset is a patterned way of thinking. So we want to set the mind. All right, so you, you do all kinds of things to stretch, to get your body ready and get yourself ready to go. And you probably do footwork drills and, you know, go out on the field and go through different options and reads. And, you know, you do all these things to get yourself technically ready and physically ready. But you also need to set your mind. And that's what mindset is. So mindset is just setting my mind for performance. And I argue that you want to set your mind for performance differently than how you set your mind for preparation. Because here's my right. thought on preparation. The mindset for preparation, like I want to be really humble. I want to be a perfectionist. I want to be neurotic. I want to, you know, be learning. I want to be growing. Like to me, training and practice is about growing, improving and a, a sense of perfectionism. But when I'm performing, I don't need to be perfect. I need to be adaptable. I need to be confident. I need to have swagger. You said I need to get my swag. Like right. I need to have swagger when I step on that field. I need to be fearless. Um, but the mindset for preparation and what I'm setting, the pattern way of thinking for preparation should be different than the way I set the mind for performance because I want to be humble in preparation but confident in performance. I want to be neurotic in preparation but narcissistic in performing. I want to be a perfectionist in my preparation but adaptable when I'm performing. So that is how I think about mindset. And then the other side of things when it comes to mentality is mental toughness. Uh, mental toughness is how do I react to a mistake when I'm under pressure? So how, I make a mistake, uh, I miss a read, or I miss a tackle. How do I mentally reset and have the toughness to reset? So your Ray Lewis's, your London Fletcher's, um, 
you know, your uh, Teddy Bruskies, uh, pick a right. linebacker uh, that are mentally tough. That was about their ability to recover when they did make a mistake so that that mistake didn't compound on it. So I really think of mentality being twofold. One, what are we doing to set the mind? And two, what are we doing to recover from mistakes? And that's where toughness comes in and mental toughness comes in. So that's how I break it down. Uh, we can talk about it in, in, in greater detail, but uh, that's what I've come to understand best when it comes to mentality is if we just talk about mentality, then we're talking about, you know, what's my IQ, right? Like, what's my feel for the game? Uh, you know, those are things that film helps you with, that coaching helps you with. Uh, so coaches do help with mentality that you help yourself with, with mentality. But in my line of work, my job is to help people set their mind with their mindset and develop mental toughness. So they have a game plan to recover from mistakes. So that's sort of my soapbox when it comes to my line of work and how it relates to what you were talking about. Does that make sense? Is that logical? Yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, uh, just, I feel like it's just being fluid, man. Um, you know, when you perform, just be be fluid, uh, be smooth. Like, you know, smooth. Like uh, one of my good friends runs track. Uh, he ran track at Syracuse. Like you know, smooth is fast, man. So just be smooth, be fast, uh, be aggressive, be you know, forceful, be powerful when you play. Like I said, when you perform, when you and when you prepare, uh, be sharp, man. Just be critical, uh, critical of yourself. But you know, like I said, when you come to when it comes to a game, like I said, you got to be fluid, man. You can't be too critical. You know, be disappointed, uh, but then bounce back. Uh, have a short memory, and I think that's for everything. And Cam, I think that's the biggest mistake that elite athletes make is they stay critical when they're performing. So they like, I think a lot of elite athletes because our system is set up for it. Like they, you know, in college football, you're going to have to be critical when you're preparing in the NFL. Like you're going to be in that linebacker room going over film and being critical. Like there's no escaping critique. Uh, You're playing in front of 80 to a hundred thousand people, 50 or a hundred thousand people. Like you're going to get critiqued. Um, it's, you're going to be judged. Like there is no way to get around judgment in, in an athlete's world, but the key is not to make, bring that onto the field, you know, for, for a game. Um, and you know, for those 60 minutes or whatever, however much time you're playing in a game, that's about, you know, being encouraging, being adaptable. I I like how you said being fluid and I work with track and field athletes a lot. And, you know, if they have that critique mind and that, that leads to clutter, and clutter when I'm performing is, is death. Um, yeah. And, like, it's just – it's it's death. And that's why I've had a lot of really smart athletes tell me, like, I just wish I was stupid. Because uh, if I was stupid, I just wouldn't give a shit, and I would just yeah. go tackle the guy. And right. I always push him back on that. I'm like, no, dude, because your critical mind is what's going to help you. Uh, like Kobe. Like, Kobe was the most self-critical dude when he's preparing. But when right. he stepped on the floor, he was the mamba. And by the yeah. way, he created that nickname for himself. He right. created the Black Mamba after the rape ac- accusations and after his world was spinning and turning upside down, he was losing endorsements. He knew he, he had to be a killer when he got onto the floor. So he right. created that nickname for himself so that yeah. he knew when he was performing, he had to be an assassin. And he actually right. took it from the movie Kill Bill where there's an assassin named Black Mamba. Um, uh. So... So I, I think developing those performance mindset, that is him setting the mind to be an assassin and then knowing that an assassin is going to be mentally tough and isn't going to care if they miss their first shot, they're going to take the next one. Um, right. And so I think that's, to me, mentality. That is the beauty of mentality. Yeah. Um, so I want to sort of conclude with your journey. So you go to Syracuse, you have a pretty good career there. 
you give the NFL a shot. Walk us through that process and, and how you take us up until today. Okay, so, uh, yeah, um, pro day, you know, draft day came along, uh, you know, got a call, uh, you know, at the end of the draft, got a call from uh, – Got a text from the Bills and got a call from the Rams. Well, my, my agent Spencer, who also went to Syracuse, uh, he got a he got a call from the from the Rams and uh, you know they talked about it, like hey man like they really like you. Well, the crazy part is is uh, my phone uh, my phone my service ended up going off. So basically, I had no communication. The only thing I was coming I was on my phone, but uh, my only thing was working is my Snapchat. I mean, it's weird. This is like you know your own Wi-Fi. And the only thing that's working is your Snapchat. But I was I wasn't getting any texts or any calls in. So I'm like, oh, this is weird. And as it, it happened to be, I don't know if the AT&T server was going out because you know everything was going on at that moment during the draft. And I'm I'm curious to hear anybody else's story. Like, hey, yeah, my phone went out too during this time, or you know, like I had a weird experience as well. But uh, you know, long story short, is my service ended up cutting out. Um, you know, I got a I, I got like I, said, I got a text from the Bills. A guy from the Bills texted me. He's like, hey, like, we like you. Uh, we, you know, think about giving you a call after the draft. We're not sure yet how things will play out, blah, blah, blah. So I got a text from him, and then uh, I was talking to my agent, you know, before everything happened. So as soon as the draft ended, my my service cut out, uh, and, you know, my agent Spencer, uh, you know, and Joe, uh, agent of mine is also Joe Linta, but uh, Spencer, you know, was, was handling me directly. So, uh, you know, after about four four or five phone calls, you know, I, I and my phone cuts when I call him back, like, hey, you know, what's the word? He's like, yo, man, where, where have you been? Um I've been on the phone with the Rams, and uh, they really like you. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I told them about the, the Bills uh, as well. And, uh, you know, and as, and like I texted the Bills coach back. I was like, hey, like uh, I finally got your text. My phone shut off. He's like, uh, and, I was, and uh, he was like, hey, yeah, we had we went with somebody else because, uh, you know, there was no response, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the Rams called, and uh, we ended up signing with them. And I feel like it was like it was just a weird act, but, like, you know, it was, a, it was a good fit. You know, I ended up making the team there. Um, and then, uh, you know, the following year, I ended up getting let go after the three man and uh, end up with the, with the Bucks. So, um, it, you know, it's just it's an awesome journey, uh, you know. And uh, like I said I thank the Rams, man, for the opportunity that they gave me uh, from the jump. So uh, it's been a good ride so far, and uh, you know, I plan to continue this ride. So, 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 do you live day to day with this, or how do you how do you deal with sort of being right on that edge? Like, you know, you're not sure where you're going to stand. Are, are you going to make the fifty three? How, how just take us into that space because I think a lot of people are in that place in their life where, you know, they've got a job, but they don't know what's going to happen. And uh, I think there's, there's always uncertainty. And I think we all have anxiety about, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, how do you manage that? How do you deal with that? Uh, just take us into your mindset as it relates to that. Um, and you know, you just have to develop, you know, just prepare, uh, just prepare and make sure that you that you know what you know. So when that tape does cut on, man, uh, that you're performing uh, at a high at a high level. Uh, make sure your body's moving how you want it to move. Uh, and you're productive, uh, and that and that, that'll speak volumes. Uh, and your attitude as well, man. Because uh, like I said, if you don't know, uh, you just you stay you stay as confident as you can. Um, you prepare as much as you can, um, and, and you and you make sure your attitude is great at all times. Uh, no sulking. Uh, and that's one thing that you can control. Nobody else control, can control is your attitude uh, and make sure you're positive. You know, and like I said, treat people right. because That'll take you a long way. But uh, also just uh, and show effort. Um, and that's something nobody else can take away as well. It's something that's on you. So, uh, you know, for me, just like I got to prepare uh, very well. So when, when I am put on the field, uh, I can perform at a high level and then know what I'm doing. Um, 
and uh, and just run my butt off. You know what I mean? Because uh, you know a lot of people, a lot of guys, you know, are very comfortable with what they do. Uh, so they probably won't give as much effort, but like, Hey man, who's this guy that's running, running around the field and, and blazing past these people and, uh, making these plays and, uh, and this, in this position that these other guys aren't, you know, uh, and that'll, that's what will keep you on the team, uh, and give hundred percent effort, you know, when, when everything that you do, uh, weight room, classroom. Um, so, and that's just the thing. And it's all preparation. Uh, so, and your attitude and your effort. So that, that that's a big thing that I, that I bank on. Um, you know, not knowing, you know, the future, the near future, but you know, those are things that I can bank on the things that I have to, uh, uh, stay confident in. And like I said, man, just staying grounded by, you know, by, by my faith. Uh, so those things, those things keep me, keep me through. Um, and, uh, you know, that those things that always keep me through for the rest of rest of my career. Love it. I, there's a Bill Belichick quote where he says, talent sets the floor and character sets the ceiling. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's clear that you value your character and uh, you value your faith. So you'll see, you'll see where the journey takes you. And in the meantime, you're creating other options for yourself as well. Um, but it sounds like you're going to empty the tank and see, what, see what's next. Um, yeah. Here's what I want to do to end. I'm going to do something that I call preferences. So the idea of these are that I'm going to give you just two options and you're going to just list which one you prefer. Um, okay. And so you just have to pick one and only one. So, do you prefer preparation or performance? Um, preparation. Do you prefer, uh, are you more of a yes sir person or a why person? Uh, yes sir. Do you prefer a system or autonomy? Um, system. Cheat and win or lose while being honest? Lose while, lose while, while being honest. That one was easier for you than the other ones, wasn't it? Yeah, way easier. Why? Uh, because you can live with yourself. You know, some, you know, you, you win some, you lose some, but you rather win the right win the right way and lose the right way. Because uh, you can't control all. You can't also control how you lose. But if you know if you give it all, you give it your all, then you'll be satisfied. Uh, even though winning isn't, you know, I mean, losing isn't, you know, a fun thing or uh, what a competitor wants to do. But uh, you always want to lose, lose modestly and win modestly as well. Perfection or progression? Uh, progression. Would you rather be the most valuable player on your team or the most improved? Uh, the most improved. Was that how you would answer that at Syracuse? Uh, yes, I would say so. Because, um, you know, you always want to get better from how you were before. Uh, every game, uh, you don't have to be the best. And I was never the best on any team that I was, was on. There was always somebody that I was, you know, just b- balling out. But uh, – you know, you can always count on me to be productive. And I was, I was always leading in production, let's say, on defense. But, you know, on the offensive side, there's always someone that was really good. So, you know, I never really want all the limelight. But just, you know, I want to be a key role player. I want to do my job. And I want to do the best that I can. And you can always rely on me. So that's, that's, my, uh, that's, my, that's my take on it. Awesome. Resume or eulogy? Resume. How do you interpret that question? Um, well, you know, I would say, you know, your resume is basically what what you have on your plate so far, right? Like what you've been through. Um, so, you know, you just want to be impressive. You always have an impressive resume. Your resume, and I, you know, I always, was always told that, you know, you know uh, every day is an interview. So if your resume is impressive, then you always do good in your interview. So I'll say resume. Cool. This generation, as in your generation, or your parents' generation? Uh, this generation, because it's, it's what I'm living in now, I uh, can't go back to the past. Uh, so I'll say this this generation. 
Evaluations or descriptions? Mm. Can you die further than that one? Yeah, so evaluations would be like, you know, you are a undrafted free agent. Versus right. a description would be uh, he is a linebacker who has a good feel for the game and works hard and gives a lot of effort and whatever the description I'll, I'll is. Say, I'll say description, what describes you, what you what you put on your resume. So, yes, it's like on your resume is what you're described as. Okay. Positive feedback or negative feedback? Uh, positive. Culture or talent? Um, I would say culture. Momentum or the moment? Um, I would say the moment. Pumped up or calm down? Um, I like pumped up. Grit or grind? Uh, I would say grit. Liked or respected? Like, uh, respected. How about feared? Yeah, I could say that as well. Would you rather be respected or feared? Um, respect. Respected. Liked or feared? I would say feared. That's an interesting one because you're such a likable guy. Why would you go toward feared? Because um, not everybody's going to like you, you know, because uh, you can't control if they like you, like you or not. But, you know, when they respect you, uh, when they respect you, um, they respect your work, they, they, they're going to fear it. You know what I mean? Uh, not not fear it, but like, hey, have doubts. Like, hey, uh, this guy works his butt off, you know, and like it'll strike. A, I won't say strike a nerve, but it'd be like hey, they'll make them second guess, second guess themselves when it comes to your enemy or your com- competition. Love winning or hate losing? Hmm. I would say love winning. Risk taker or rule follower? Uh, rule follower. That was the one that I was like pretty sure you would go with. Yeah. Do you think you could use a little more risk taking in you? Uh, nah. <laughs> you like where because, you're at with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable where I'm at. Uh, and, you know, it, it, you take risk in different areas and it depends, you know, how big a risk and how small, but uh, I like, uh, I like, you know, just following the rules, stay in my lane. Uh, but within that lane, I have my own creativity as well. Yeah. Cause you, you like networking, meeting new people, uh, exploring different things. Uh, those could be seen as risks, but for you, you don't really look at them as risks. You look at them as something different. Right. Right. Just opportunities within, within the structure that's provided. Got it. Would you rather be a starter on a losing team or a towel waiver on a winning team? Um, I would say starter on the losing team. Balance or specific obsession? Uh, balance. Fear of failure or fearlessness? Uh, uh, fearlessness. Do you disassociate from pressure or embrace it? Uh, embrace it. Head or gut? Head. All right. Cam, those are our preferences. That's it. Um, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your journey. Um, if there's ever anything I can help you out with, feel free to let me know. Uh, feel free, feel free to reach out. Uh, in the meantime, can you just share where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, uh, you mentioned having a foundation, so give yourself a shout out, uh, and then, and then we'll, we'll call it a, call it a quiz. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Twitter and Instagram, you came my, my name, Cameron Lynch, uh, uh, number 50 was, that was my, you know, number at the Rams. So. I kept it there. Uh, Cameron 50 on uh, both Twitter and Instagram. But uh, other than that, man, uh, catch me on the field. You know, turn on Sundays and watch me run down the field a little bit. That's where you can find me at. And Cam and I were talking before we started the podcast that, you know, he's with the Bucks and, and they're going to be on hard knocks. So 
anyone who's a football fan enjoys watching Hard Knocks. Uh, as an outsider, I think it, it probably gives a, a, a good idea of what it's like and what training camp's like. So we'll try to maybe hit the pause button a couple times where we see you running around out there. And uh, yeah. thank you so much for your time, man. You're, you're an interesting guy. You are a, you're, you're a, you have a lot of layers to you, which I think is pretty cool. And uh, those are the type of people I like to talk to. So thanks for, the, for your time and wishing you all the best this season with the Bucks. Yes, thanks for having me, Brian. Appreciate you. All right, Cam. Take care, buddy. All right, take care.